Welcome to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Matt Mitterell. The South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast exists as a platform for the voices of apostolic leadership. Here, guests respond to racial and cultural topics from a biblical, historical, and experiential perspective. The South Carolina District Building the Bridge ministry seeks to contribute to the continued advancement of diversity within the United Pentecostal Church International by effectively working towards evangelizing the African-American and Black community. This work involves promoting the inclusion and cultural affirmation within the South Carolina District while providing resources and advice to UPCI ministers on matters of importance to the African-American and Black community. By working with National Building the Bridge leadership, local pastors, and ministers, including those newly licensed, South Carolina District Building the Bridge endeavors to promote the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. For more information, visit buildingthebridgeministries.com or contact me at scbtbministries at gmail.com. Hello again, everyone. I'm here still in Houston, Texas for the 2023 Building the Bridge conference uh, hosted by Royal Wood Church. And I want to say again, thank you to Pastor Ron Macy and his team. They have just been so, so instrumental in making sure that this conference is a success. I want to share with you today a recording by Brother Cedric Austin, Evangelist Cedric Austin, Uh, during the 2023 Building the Bridge Conference Men's Breakout Session. Uh, Brother Austin ministers in this recording. He ministers through transparency, and he shares a powerful testimony about overcoming victimhood and the stronghold of feeling abandoned by his father. Brother Cedric Austin is the North Central Regional Director for Building the Bridge. Um, He is based out of Kansas City, St. Louis, and as, I, as you listen to this and as I listen to it, I really connect to his story, myself being the son of a single mother. Uh, his story, man, just really opens up for me and I connect with it on a personal level. And I truly believe and know it's going to bless you in your life. Join our mailing list by visiting scbtbministries.bio.link. You can sign up there to stay connected with everything that's going on with the South Carolina building the bridge ministry. And also I want to make mention again, that this podcast is available on major platforms such as Apple podcast, Spotify, Google playlist, all of those. We on our website, the SCBTB ministries.bio.link. We have it where it connects you to the podcast website because some people don't may not have the streaming services, but we did want to create a space for you to connect to the podcast. That being said, On that same website, you can click the follow link and then choose the podcast platform of your choice. Without further ado, here is evangelist Cedric Austin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, uh, Bishop Wyman and all those involved. I'm going to go ahead and get started. You may be seated. I think I lost most of my voice last night during church. We had some church last night, didn't we? I am setting my alarm because I'm not going to be that guy. 
that goes past my time. Amen, amen. The Lord's going to do something today. Uh, Bishop Hobbin asked me to speak um, this morning about sonship. And as I was praying and asking the Lord, what should I say? Um, basically, what he gave me was some scriptures and my story. Share your story. Now, if you guys know my wife and I, we ever been to your church or around, we, we, we ministry through transparency. Um, just the real raw is what I call it. A lot of times you don't hear that. Uh, but I've been around long enough to where you knowing anything about me doesn't really faze me. Because God's done so much in my life. And we sang that song last night, Goodness of God. That bridge that says, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good. God was good when I didn't know he was being good. God was keeping me when I didn't know he was keeping me. That's how good he's been. So this morning I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to say a phrase. You just repeat everything that I say until I tell you to quit. Say it as loud as you can. So say fear. Fear. You're not welcome. No. Depression. Depression. You're not welcome. No. Anxiety. No. You're not welcome. No. Lust. No. You're not welcome. No. Pride. Pride. You're not welcome. No. Jealousy. Yes. You're not welcome. Perversion, you're not welcome. Heaviness, you're not welcome. Hopelessness, you're not welcome. Infirmity, you're not welcome. Haughtiness, you're not welcome. Poverty, you're not welcome. Sometimes you have to speak those things that are as though they aren't and those things that aren't as though they are but if we spend our time not speaking to those things although they exist we're covering those things up as if god doesn't already see it oftentimes human beings but for sure men we come to church every sunday wednesday we walk into the church we know how to do church we know how to sing, clap our hands, sometimes raise our hands, sometimes be emotional, go to the altar, put it down, give it to the Lord, service is over, we pick it back up from habit, and we take it home with us. Sunday after Sunday, I'm talking about apostolic men, Pentecostal men, that know the power of God, know what God can do, but we're used to Carrying these burdens. We're used to being tied down to these bondages. We're used to these strongholds. Strongholds. Strongholds is the word that's been used several times throughout this weekend. But strongholds is also something that we don't normally talk about. I want to ask you this question. How amazing would life have been if you had a father in the home? How amazing would life have been if I had two parents in the home? How amazing would life have been if I didn't watch my mother struggle? How amazing would life have been if I 
Cedric Austin didn't have a record. Didn't have a record. Black man. Grew up in church. Know the things of God. Know the ways of God. Fell short. Got a record. Spent my time feeling like I'm living somebody else's life. This didn't happen to me. This didn't happen to me. I didn't do this. Yet I did. Life choices that I made myself caused me to walk down a path that I didn't initially choose for myself. Who in here had a father in your home? Raise your hand. It's almost 60-40. I didn't have that opportunity. I had an amazing mother who took me to church. I was raised in church. Raised in a United Pentecostal church. Led worship. Was involved in every choir. Teaching Sunday school. All of those things. But there was something that gripped me all of my life. It was a stronghold that I did not know how to shake. And that stronghold was my father didn't choose me. My father didn't choose me. He had every opportunity to do right, but he didn't. With that being said, I made choices that caused me to go down a path that I shouldn't have gone down. Now, being a son to a mother is different than being a son to a father. You get your identity from your father. You get who you are from that man that's in your house. I find myself at that when I was young at church looking up to every man in my church trying to find something one man would fall I'd be disappointed this man over here would disappoint me and I'd be disappointed this man over here would be great and I would hold on to that yet I found myself just trying to attach myself to just everything that just I could see something in my mother did a great job bringing us to church and being who she was and doing everything that she could, but I couldn't let go of trying to find my identity, who I was, how God loved me. If an earthly father knows how to give good gifts, how much more does a heavenly father? Well, I didn't know how much an earthly father would give good gifts. So my struggle with my heavenly father was real. My struggle with trusting, trusting the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. He's a good father. I've heard the messages. I've heard the sermons. But I always felt less than. I always felt like I just couldn't measure up. So the church I grew up in, in Pensacola, Florida, fantastic church, uh, Reverend D.O. Welch and Paul Welch, and Reverend Brian Kinsey, I was in that predominantly Caucasian church all of my life. And we had a lot of uh, functions, father-son 
banquet, Father Son's dinner, hunting, all these things. And I would have a man in the church that would feel sorry for me. They would always be the adopted father for that event, for that day. So I was this young black man, always being adopted by this white man. Wherever I went, men's conference, hey, I'm going to take you with me. This evening, I'm going to take you with me. Men's wild game supper, you're going to go with me. And I sat there with all these men who were available. Yet, even when they were available to me, the thing that I was thinking about was, I wonder what my life would be like if my father was in my life. Now, I want to stop pause here for a minute. I didn't know, like I said, what God was keeping me from. So my father was, I didn't notice at the time, of course, but my father was an addict, an alcoholic, in and out of dr uh, jail, drugs, womanizing, all of these things that my mother kept me from and God kept me from, but I didn't see it. So all the choices that I began to make was because of what I didn't have versus what I did have. And... Let me read this scripture for you real quick. I want to go to Psalm 62 and 5. My apologies, I didn't give you these scriptures, but it says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. My expectation is from him. Now, throughout my life, my mother would always say, Cedric, have you prayed for your dad today? Her faith is just, was just phenomenal, it is phenomenal. Pray for your father. God's going to save him one day. God's going to do this. God's going to do that. And as a kid, I remember praying for him. And I, I talked to my father on the phone probably five times from the time I could remember to the age of 26. He lived about six, seven hours from me. Never saw him in person. Never saw him in person until I was 26 years old. But I would pray for him throughout the years. The older I got, to be honest, the less and less I prayed. Because the older I got and the more time went by, God hadn't come through yet. And so my trust, my faith began to diminish. And I just didn't fully believe that God, I knew God could do it. I just didn't know that God would do it for me. I didn't know that God would come through for me. And so I prayed for my father for several years, several years, several years, and I never saw anything. So in the meantime, throughout the years, what gripped me was hate, bitterness, all of these things. Father's Day, I remember that Father's Day is coming up. Father's Day, I wouldn't go to church. I just did not want to be in that atmosphere, congratulating all these men and all my friends that their dads. And yet, I'm sitting there without mine. And I didn't want to be there with another man going, hey, you just, you know, I wasn't looking at, the, at like that at that moment. I just didn't want to be there. I was holding on to what I didn't have. And the decisions that I made, one after the other, after the other, after the other. Leading worship, teaching Sunday school, going to youth camp. Occasionally preaching, still having these thoughts, going through depression, having anxiety, not feeling like I had any self-worth. On another level, not really seeing anybody that looked like me in ministry. 
Not that I couldn't, it just wasn't tangible for me. So there were so many things that were against my thought process. And so I dealt with fear, depression, anxiety, lust. You want to talk about pornography? You want to talk about all the things that is interesting that regardless of name or status or who you think may not be dealing with something, you don't know their life. You don't know what they're dealing with. Only the blood of Jesus can break those chains off of people. I don't judge anybody. I don't lift man when he appears. I don't put him down. I say, God, that's your servant. They're for your use, regardless of what might be in their life. Dealing with hopelessness. The bondage that I was holding against myself. I was my own worst enemy. Until God showed me mercy. I was out of church for a couple of years and I came back. And um, I remember that Sunday afternoon before I came back to church. I had been to church in two years. I, had, I was working a, a job that I had... Um, basically embezzled close to $5,000 and ended up having to pay restitution, not having to do any jail time. But I made a fool out of myself and I could not come back to church. I was embarrassed, hurt my mother, hurt my pastor. And I didn't know how to recover from that. Majority of the church loved me, but there were those few that outweighed the majority. So I didn't come back. I was at the mall, and I needed to hear from God. Depression is real. Thoughts of suicide is real. I didn't want to be here. went to the Christian bookstore. That was back in the day where you put the CD in and put the headphones on it, listen to a song. Anyway, I was, I was a music director and worship leader, so I love music anyway, and I found this CD by Norman Hutchins. And I put the CD in, and I just listened. I needed to hear something. And all of a sudden, this song came on. And it said, it's not because I've been so faithful. It's not because I've been so good. Going to Jesus, I love you because you care. I can't imagine if you weren't there. While I'm standing with these headphones on, my former choir director walks into that store to grab some music and he sees me. My eyes are closed. I got that, you know, the, the face that you're, you're, you're in tears and they take a picture of you post on social media. That's the face I had at this moment. And he tapped me on the shoulder. He was like, hey, Cedric, it's been so long since we've seen you. Man, you need to come back to church. We miss you. Talking to me, talking to a good five minutes or so, and I say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come visit one day. He left. I went home, and I sat there on the side of my bed, just toying with myself, trying to decide, you know what? Maybe I'll go to church tonight. Because I was dealing with something. It was either going to make me go to church, or we're going to be here anymore. 
And that thing, even throughout the years, this driver just, just taking me out for different reasons. And I've had to figure out how to take control over that bondage, over that stronghold. But I decided, you know what, tonight I'm going to go to church. Church started at 6. I'm like, I'll be there at 6.15 when everybody's in here, everybody's talking to me outside. I get to church, announcements are going on. Next to me, youth choir stands up. My buddy gets up there, gets the mic, and they start singing. It's not because I've been so faithful. God ordained a moment. that I was wrestling with in my mind that the church might have had a thought but they didn't know for sure how many people come to church every church service fighting for their life fighting for their family we may not see it but God will provide them a moment so that Sunday God provided me a moment that was the Sunday that I gave my life back to God and I was on this road just living for him. But let me move a little past that and talk about unanswered prayers. Unanswered prayers of a son praying for his father. I knew God could do the impossible. I've seen God do the impossible. But I need a testimony for myself. And I prayed for years and years and years. Well, fast forward to me and my wife getting ready to get married. And my mother says, you invite your dad to the wedding. And at this time, it wasn't even a thought. I was like, sure. He's not going to show up. But sure. Send my wedding invitation. Several months out. If you know me and my wife, you know we're going to have church wherever we go. So we designed our wedding as a church service. Got a full choir, praise and worship, everything. We had 12 bridesmaids, 12 groomsmen, 50 people in the choir, whole litter of kids out here carrying in and everything. That was her doings. But we had a lot of friends from the community, from my high school, from college that was going to be at this wedding. And they're going to come to Mother's Day service. They're going to come to Easter and Christmas, weddings and funerals. So, Lord, you're going to do something at this wedding. We don't know what it is. Wedding day. Two hours before the wedding starts, I'm out in the foyer, get my boot and put on, me and my two best men. And all of a sudden, out in the parking lot comes this man and this woman. He walks up into the foyer and he announces himself to the wedding coordinator. I'm the groom's father. I'm standing there looking at him about 10 feet from me. Never seen this man before in my life in person. Had pictures from maybe, you know, 20 years prior to that. I'm looking at this. And when I tell you every emotion came through me. And what do you do? at that moment. So I walked over to him and I shook his hand. I said, it's nice to have you here. I'm your son. Very awkward moment. What do you do? What do you say? 
glad you're here and the wedding coordinator is going to show you where to sit and the wedding starts at four and it was just small talk and I'm just like what in the world so as soon as he disappears from my sight those emotions that were inside made their way out and they took me to the back and I'm sitting there just tears flowing and just like all these questions going on and it was an almost audible voice. I heard the Lord say, what if you never see him again? What if you never see him again? And I knew what I had to do. I went into the sanctuary where he was sitting in the back and I sat next to him and I gave him the quickest 10 minute Bible study I have ever given in my life. I shared with him what the words first apostolic church meant, what Pentecost was and what might happen today at this wedding. And then at the end, I asked him, I said, as a wedding gift to me, I said, would you get baptized in Jesus' name today? <laughs> Expecting him to say, you know what, I'm glad to be here, but no, Robert. He said, sure. Again, my mind goes to, okay, what do I do now? What's next? I said, well, somebody's going to let you know how this is going to go. Not even at that moment, I'm not thinking that we got praise and worship. We got the choirs going to sing. All these things get ready to happen to prime this service. I just forgot. I ran to the pastor. I said, for the web, I just met my father for the first time today. He wants to get baptized in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm, I'm talking just as fast as I can. Can this be done? But the web's like, let's do it. Let's do it. I didn't have a chance to talk to my wife yet. She didn't know he was there. Whole wedding starts. She don't know he's there. She didn't know he was there during the wedding because it was a whole set of emotions for that. I'm like, I'm leaving my mama's house, getting ready to marry this strange woman, and my dad's here today. Like, everything. God, this is the day you choose to do this? Well, worship starts. The building is packed. It seats about 400. We had over 500 people there. Standing against the wall. My high school Presbyterian choir director. My wife's college administrators. My wife's friend from her job who was a witch, a wicca. All kinds of people from the community. The Red Cross folks were there that she worked with. And the FEMA people. From the, it, just, it was crazy. And the rest were Pentecostals. Worship started. The choir got as crunk as they could get. It was, it was, that was the service that you explained to your visitors. This might happen at church today. Just warning you. Well, the Holy Ghost was dead thick. We had the lovey-dovey moments in between. The song we chose to walk out on was, I believe I'll testify. God's been good to me. The choir was singing, singing. You know that old sings, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Well, we had one. She threw down, she kicked her shoes off. Bridesmaids, grooms, and coming off the platform, shouting and dancing, bobby pins going which way. I could not have planned this, but I did plan this. God planned this, not knowing that that was going to be the day that my dad was going to be there. So before the wedding was over, Pastor Webb announces, before anybody leaves, I want you to know that Brother Cedric's father is here today. He's going to get baptized in Jesus' name. So they take him up to the baptistry. 
my wife and I are standing down here, the wedding, we're married, and I'm like, by the way, my dad is here today. <laughs> He's getting ready to get baptized. So a whole lot's going on right now. The organ's just cranking, they're still, they're praying with him up there. I said, babe, how do I get up into that baptistry? She shows me, so I leave her at the altar. We're already married, so we're good. I'm up there, me, uh, my best man's dad, another guy, we're laying hands on the father. He gets the Holy Ghost before he gets into the, it goes down. Then they baptize him, he comes up, he's still speaking in tongues, water splashing all over the place. Choir is going absolutely nuts. I come from down there, I'm shouting across the platform, the church, the caterer, is taking so long, the caterer came in to the side, she's been across, she danced across the front, her crew is not, they're just standing there looking. My choir, her steering choir director, her eyes are as big as saucers. That's not the music we sang at school. But when I tell you the Holy Ghost was in the place, and I stood there thinking about how good God is, thinking about how faithful God is, 26 years praying for this man. 26 years worth of questions. 26 years that I didn't have an opportunity to be a son to this man. Yet, I go to the Word of God and I, I go to Romans and I think about all the things that I had done. And I think about how God in his infinite love, reached out, pulled me when I didn't deserve it. I think about the moment my father is baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And what I should be doing is as soon as he walks out the water, sit him down and give him the what for and the how to and ask all the questions that I have. Yet, to whom much is given, That was an opportunity for God to save my dad. Four years later, I'm serving at youth camp in Missouri. Get a phone call from my father's sister. And she says, and I still, we, have, we didn't have to build a relationship. Things were still kind of estranged. And, but she says he's in the hospital and they need his next of kin to make decisions. How do you make next decisions for someone you barely know? And so I'm talking to her on the phone, and I'm like, well, tell me what's going on. Tell me what happened. She said, well, he was standing at the pulpit preaching, and he closed his Bible. And I said, what? Wait a minute, what? She said, yeah, you just got done preaching. I said, I know, I heard you. I said, but hold on. Preaching. She goes, oh, you didn't know. She said, when he left, came back from your wedding, he told us all about it. He completely changed his life. Now, he didn't go to a Pentecostal church, went to his family's church. But he talked with his pastor about getting involved in some ministerial classes. And he began teaching Bible studies and preaching in his home church. He closed his Bible, and he fell to the platform. He had a brain aneurysm. Now, I didn't know the man was preaching. I didn't know he changed his life. I just, 
I knew God did something that day. That was the cherry on top. As soon as she told me that, while she was talking to me, I heard the voice. What if you never see him again? At that moment in that prayer room, I had a choice to make. Is it about me? Or is it about your grace, your mercy, and your love for people, for others? God did the most that day. And I thought about Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that is what's weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against, against God, but it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. But for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit to mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I move to verse 30 that says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He that spread not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. He shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies, not me. Who is he that commanded? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Who or what shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
So tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearl, sword, life, record, unforgiveness. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's something about knowing the word of God. You've got something to stand on. You've got something to look back on and say, if God is for me, nothing in this world matters. You can be your own worst enemy by those thoughts that we entertain in our minds, by those things that we don't take to the altar and leave them there. If you've never had an opportunity to be a son to a physical man, the word of God says, I'm adopting you. Your mind. Y'all remember that old song that says, fear not, for I am with you. That verse says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. When you walk through the water, I will be there and through the flame. You'll not, no way, be drowned. You'll not, no way, be burned. For I am with you. So it doesn't matter what you're lacking here on this earth. Because if God is for you, if God is for you, somebody tell me who. There's nobody greater. There's nobody greater. So when I pray, when I believe, I don't put my trust in man because my expectation is from him, in Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Come on, let's give the Lord a great hand for that word, that testimony. That story. Thank you so much, Brother Austin, for allowing the Lord to use you to bless these men this morning with your story that has made a difference.